Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Russell Wortham Show. My name is Russell Wortham coming to you live from beautiful, and I mean beautiful, Tucson, Arizona, a stone's throw away from the University of Arizona and in the shadow of the Grand Canyon. Folks, we are back and back in the middle of greatness. All right. So last week was was really super packed. Uh, it was just wall-to-wall sports and uh, big uh, big things going on. This week was a little bit um, sports uh, light, if you will. But we will get through uh, some things. Of course, XFL Week 4 is in the books. Week 5 starts uh, tomorrow in earnest. We'll talk about what happened this past week and where I think the XFL is going in terms of going into a second season. If there's going to be a second season, we'll get to that. Also, the Tom Brady sweepstakes just keeps on humming. I didn't think that, uh, frankly, I didn't think that this story had much of of a shelf life to it. Uh, but it's like the old saying goes, where there's smoke, there's fire. And so we will talk about... Tom Brady, and where he may end up. And I I stress may end up. Also, just some very, very, very quick uh, thoughts on spring training going on right now. Uh, I caught a bit of a game today, so just wanted to share some, some quick thoughts on that. Then when we get to our wrestling portion of the show, we have the, when we get to the wrestling portion of the show, we have WWE's Elimination Chamber coming up this Sunday on the WWE Network. We will go over Revolution. I watched Revolution. Oh, good Lord. That was, wow. Uh, that was amazing. A whole, just the vibe. It was, it was, it was incredible. And, and, and arguably, we have a new contender for match of the year. If you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. You know which match I'm talking about. But we'll get to that. So, give me uh, just a moment. I'll be back and we will jump in to the XFL. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And uh, as uh, mentioned, uh, the XFL is going into their fifth week coming up starting tomorrow, and then, of course, on Sunday. And I've got some thoughts about week four. First of all, let's just go over the... Let's go over the uh, the numbers, if you will. This is from uh, Wrestling Inc. And so... <clears throat> 
the uh, game, first game last Saturday, L.A. at New York. You've got the two biggest media markets, if not in the world, certainly in the country. And uh, the the uh, attendance was just a hair over 12,000. 12,000 fans at MetLife is... It just looks so empty. It was just embarrassing. It was just embarrassing. And again, again, perception is reality. What is the biggest nightmare for producers, directors, and advertisers? Empty seats. It's all about how you frame the shot. If you look at the the hard camera so the 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 you know the far end okay of any crowd you want to see fans in the stands you want to see that it's 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 there it's rocking it's going and that didn't happen that just did not happen uh, at MetLife and it's been a problem. And my question, and I've I've asked this every single week for the last, well now, four weeks. Why on this green earth did the XFL think, you know what? Yeah, we'll put a brand new league in a 60,000 plus seat stadium. That just, that blows my mind. Where you have a, a a perfectly good, capable facility uh, for the New York Red Bulls. I don't know if FC New York still plays at Yankee Stadium. But you could have had Yankee Stadium. I understand this spring training. We'll, we'll get to spring training here here in a bit. But you still have options. 12,000 in inside of a 60,000 plus seat stadium? Uh-uh. No. That just looks... It just looks bad. And they tried to hide it by... Putting in those really cool uh, gray-ish, silver-ish seats. And so they they tried to cover up the fact that it wasn't full, like, at all. And so here's my thing. Um, and, 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 and then I'll go from there. When you are in college, okay, uh, your college town, like this is a college town here in Tucson, if you go to a football game, they will say, hey, wear the team colors, or we're doing a blackout, or we're doing a whiteout, or pick your color. And you just know that that's what you do. And I've seen stadiums, and I'm sure you have too, where it's this really cool checkerboard effect. You know, where you have one color, and then another color, and then the 
the first color and then the second color and it just alternates you know all the way down the stands it's just so freaking cool and I'm thinking to myself okay if the XFL wants to go to New York Los Angeles Dallas well Arlington and if they want uh, fans they 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 need to uh, I hate restrict uh, where they put the the you know the people but they need to say we are filling the lower bowl first so that we know that it is to capacity whether or not they can get people for that second level that upper ring that upper bowl that's that's up to you know that's up to the fans but if there isn't okay and and, and listen very closely if there is not a uh if there is not a capacity crowd then you don't sell tickets to the upper bowl it, look i'm not trying to say that fans can't sit where they want but if you want people to really go out of their way and say we want this we want this approach we want to build and to grow and to make it look like it's like it's special you don't have empty seats and you can you can tarp off the the upper ring the upper bowl to these stadiums it doesn't have to be you know just your basic blue tarp you you can you can have your team colors your team logo team name all that and and just make it look really cool yes yes there's the idea of it's tarped off but at least you you frame it better um i i just i i don't know what else to to say uh so there's there's that uh, as far as the uh, television ratings uh now i'm i'm rounding here uh you had uh 1.6 million uh viewers the saturday afternoon game that was down 24% from the week before that's that's scary that is scary the next game uh was uh, seattle at uh st louis St. Louis showing up big, 27,000 plus, but, again, rounding up, they only had about 2 million viewers. Then the Sunday games, Houston at Dallas, again, pretty good, pretty good numbers, uh, 18,000 plus, but you only had about a million uh viewers that was actually up 
by 10, uh, almost 11% from the week before. And um, then the Sunday night game, you had DC at Tampa. Bit over 12,000 there in Tampa. Uh, And like I said, about a million uh, viewers. So the average attendance uh was um or excuse me the 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 total attendance uh for for all four games was 70,224 but that was down 14% from the week before and then the uh average uh television viewing was uh 1.3 million uh viewers that was down 14% Here's here's the thing. The attendance is going to take a hit. And I'm not trying to make excuses. But the attendance is always going to take a hit. One, because it's a new league. Yes, it's a reboot of the XFL. But essentially, it's a new league. So people are still trying to figure, well, do I want to invest time and uh, resources to watch it, to go out and watch it, to, to support my team, you know, and all that? So that's number one. And, and then second is the idea that people are staying away from social situations because of the coronavirus. Now I'm not gonna get into the weeds. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna get in the weeds as far as um, as far as politics and this that, and the other. But I will say this: the longer that the coronavirus and and the fear of the coronavirus uh, lingers, you're gonna have worse and worse and worse attendance. And if you're trying to keep this league afloat, you need every last person that you can get. So, uh, bad timing. And and Vince McMahon and Oliver Luck, they they, they had no clue that the coronavirus was going to be uh, coming here to the States and and, uh, all that. They couldn't have anticipated that. But now you have to start to figure, well, if the attendance is down by 14% across the board in total, what do you do to make up that gap? And I you know, I don't know. I, I don't really know, especially in New York. Los Angeles is also really super disappointing less so because their stadium holds what about 20,000 so you get 12,000 it still does look empty but you you could say well we have more fans than in New York proportionally speaking but here's the other um uh, here's the other deal in terms of the ratings, the attendance, all that. And that is 
renewal. Every uh, network, every network has a certain window. They give you, I, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I could be wrong, but you know, if I'm not mistaken, they they give you essentially five episodes. They give you five episodes, kind of a snapshot. Say, does this take off? Are people watching? Are people tuning in? And can you uh, make this a viable thing? If you can't, after five episodes, they might as well just scrap you. So now we're coming into the fifth week, starting tomorrow. And the question now becomes, well, if the ratings are down around a million viewers, what's going to happen? Uh, Well, I, I don't know. Because Disney owns ESPN, Disney owns Fox, they don't own Fox Sports, but they own Fox. I don't understand how they, how how that all worked out and Monopoly, and I I don't, I don't get all that. But essentially, Disney had three out of the four games on on their networks. I mean, that's pretty scary that Disney is investing this much money. And you're not getting you're not getting a return on your investment now. In fairness, okay, in fairness, people again, it's it's uh, it's a first year league. Coronavirus, uh, coronavirus is going around, or at least the fear of it is going around. Most of these uh, places, like New York, D.C., that we are slowly but surely getting to the first of spring at the end of the month. So it's been colder and, you know, and all that. But here's the the other part that has hampered uh, viewers. And viewership, I should say. And that is the DVR. You don't get, you know, an instant... I mean, you you, you get the instant uh, viewership. You get the instant viewership. But then you also say... Okay, well, but how we figure in the DVR uh, views? If you watch on YouTube, um, you can watch uh, any 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 game now. Any game you want, you you can just say, you know, fill in the blank game, you know, condensed, and they will show you the condensed game. It's it's the game. You're not missing anything. But they're they're taking out all the filler stuff 
and 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 you know and all of that uh you know the replays and and all that so it's just the condensed game you can watch it you can watch a game if if you want you you can watch a game in under 30 minutes it, it's really incredible actually to watch on on YouTube so that's draining from the attendance here's the deal how do you bolster up the ratings I don't know, but I, I will say this, and you know, we will just talk in just broad general terms about each of the games. But it's 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 as simple as saying it's been bad football the last couple of weeks. Last week it was all the penalties, and again, I I lost track of how many penalties in total <laughs> there were. This week. It was all the incompletions. It just it it's bad television. It's just bad, bad, bad television. So you have to look at it and say, okay, well, do we want to watch a game that isn't very good, or do we want to do something else? More often than not, you're gonna say something else. Right, uh, so <clears throat> that is um, your attendance and your ratings for the week. All right, so let's go over uh, the games. And again, this is just going to be broad strokes here. Uh, broad thoughts uh, on uh, each of the games uh, this weekend. This is from uh, XFL.com. So you had, of course, like I said, the Los Angeles Wildcats uh, losing to the New York Guardians 17-14. It was actually a pretty decent game. New York still is struggling on offense. Uh, they're, 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 they're not getting... Very many yards uh, from from scrimmage, especially in in their run game, and so it just kind of feels to me like if you have the two biggest media markets and they're both kind of struggling, then again the attendance is going to be down, the ratings are going to be down, and and nothing you can really do about that. Uh, next up was uh, the uh, other game, um, Seattle Battlehawks beating the, or me, St. Louis Battlehawks, <laughs> beating the Seattle Dragons uh, 23-16. Hey, Seattle, they're, they're getting better, but they're still kind of the lords here of, you know, of the league. Uh, and I, I don't want to say that, you know, they needed fire coaches and, you know, fire, you know, players and trade players. And no, that's, that's just silly. But I will say this. If you have a uh, situation 
where you want uh, some some good offense, yeah, maybe maybe you start looking at getting you know a person that can open up the playbook and all that. St. Louis, and again, I said this last week. I'll say the I'll say this again this week. I am going to sound like a hypocrite because when I say, oh my gosh, there's so many empty seats and it just looks bad, but then you look at St. Louis and that lower bowl is just jam-packed and yes, the upper ring is, is empty, but Again, not to sound like a hypocrite, but you look at St. Louis's games in St. Louis, you're like, oh my gosh, this is taking off like gangbusters. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. But that's because they haven't had football in five years. Any type of football, professional or semi-professional football in five years since the Rams moved back to Los Angeles. That tells you something. Fans want football in St. Louis. You know, St. Louis lost the Cardinals to here in Arizona. I remember when that went down. And then St. Louis got the Rams and then the Rams left back for Los Angeles. And so they've lost in the modern era, okay, in the modern era, they've lost two franchises. I I mean, so yeah, St. Louis is a great town. I I've, I've been not through there, but I've I've, I've been by St. Louis. I've seen the arch and you know the whole it was just amazing uh, coming up to uh, Detroit when I moved up to uh, Detroit uh, I got to see the arch and and it was that was that was a really cool moment for me uh, but here's the deal every other place I could say yeah the attendance is is not great St. Louis almost 3,000 people every single week? That's that's amazing. That's insane. <laughs> and and they've, they've got a great team. I mean, they're the surprise team of uh, the year. Tamo, their quarterback, is amazing at what he can do. He can roll out of the pocket. More often than not, he's he's accurate with his passes. He can make plays out of nothing. I mean, it's just that incredible. Uh, moving on uh, to uh, Houston and Dallas. Houston keeps on rolling. They're the only undefeated team left in the league at 4-0. They beat the... Dallas Renegades twenty seven to twenty. Twenty seven to twenty. And again, it was it was 
It was a good game. I don't really trust, and, and uh, I, I hate to say this because, you know, it's Bob Stoops, and I know that you know he's a great coach, and you know, won championships and you know, all, all that. But I don't trust Bob Stoops to be the head coach of Dallas, and it's because he's not opening up the playbook, because he's not really letting things just go. Uh, the Ozmakers in Las Vegas said that the uh, Renegades, the Dallas Renegades, were going to be the odds-on favorite to win the championship this year. I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I mean, they're they're a good team. Don't get me wrong; they're a good team, but I, I just, it just, I I don't see it. Maybe they'll catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I'm I'm not seeing it. And then uh, the uh, DC Defenders and the Tampa Bay uh, Vipers. Um, Tampa looked just like amazing. Like, oh my gosh, where is where where did you come from? <laughs> I mean, they they looked dead in the water the first three weeks, and then this week they just absolutely Cardell Jones. Oh my goodness, second straight week, folks. I told you, I told you, he's a great quarterback. But people are figuring him out, and if they can box him in, I mean he can't he can't really do anything, and he overthrows people. I mean that that's his that's his deal. If you can get him to third down, and you can get him that frustrated, he will overthrow the vast majority of the time. Whether or not you'll get an interception. Or not, that is up to uh, the defense. But you can at least get an incompletion from uh, Cardell Jones. So, that is your XFL. Uh, We will come back. Some uh, uh, brief thoughts uh, It's going to be a combined segment. Some brief thoughts about Tom Brady. Some brief thoughts about spring training. And then we will go into the wrestling portion. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we're back for the final segment of the sports portion of the show. So, uh, like I said, some very, very quick thoughts about Tom Brady and spring training. So it's going to be kind of combined. So... Uh, the Tom Brady sweepstakes keeps rolling on. According to the Boston Herald this week, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick had their first uh, phone call in quite some time. And according to the Herald, it didn't go well. (laughs) And that's all they would really say. I, I read the article and they're like, that's all we really know is it just didn't go well. There's always been a bit of a contentious relationship between those two. 
But here's uh, what we've got working in the mix. And again, I don't believe in rumors, hearsay, or innuendos, but I got to throw out what uh, has been reported. Again, according to the Herald, we were looking at possibility of maybe, maybe San Diego. But do you go out of your way to move on from Philip Rivers? I mean, he's struggled the last couple of years. But, um, I mean, who who knows? San Francisco. But here's the problem with that. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, went to the Super Bowl this past season. Darn near, darn near beat the Chiefs. And so, uh, are the Patriots thinking, oh, jeez, we we made a bad mistake. And we're going to try to trade back for Jimmy Garoppolo. But uh, then San Francisco is on the short end of the stick. With all due respect, because, again... Tom Brady looked bad this year. Just looked bad. And uh, he couldn't get out of the pocket to save his life. You know, it was just... If you're a Tom Brady fan, that was just painful to watch. So... And if they do trade... And and this is very interesting. If they do trade Tom Brady, you're not going to get equal value. You're just not. You've got the greatest quarterback ever. And if you're going to trade him, you're not going to get equal value. You're just not. So, there's that. And so, basically, those those are the teams. I've also read that Tennessee might consider because Mike Vrabel was Tom Brady's uh, teammate for many 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 years he knows Tom so maybe Tennessee but Ryan Tannehill is having a resurgence in his career from coming from Miami now he is the undisputed uh, leader in in Tennessee because you're Marcus Mariota. He's not gonna no. <laughs> let's 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 not kid ourselves here. Marcus Mariota, he may play somewhere next year, but he's not playing in Tennessee. That's just not going to happen. So. Do do you do you give Tom Brady essentially a one year deal and say, look, help us win a championship, and then we'll turn the page back to Tannehill. I mean, who who really knows? So that is uh, the sports week this week. Coming up next week. Oh man, this is going to be good. 
we're going to uh, go through uh, the conference tournaments in college basketball. We've got Duke versus North Carolina, the rematch. That will not suck. Okay, that will not suck. And we also have the Lakers and the Bucks. Uh, I mean, Giannis versus LeBron. Uh, yeah, that that's going to be a heck of a game <laughs> coming up this weekend. So we've got that. Also, very, very quickly, and... Um, no real details are are coming out yet at least not that i've seen and that is uh, tyson fury versus deontay wilder 3 oh my gosh i unfortunately called it and i if it's anything like this last match this last fight mm-mm, no mm-mm, no don't want to see it that was a beating. Okay. That was a. Again, I don't want to call anybody a victim, but Deontay Wilder was a victim. And it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And so, no, I don't know if I want to see that fight. So, anyway, that is the uh, sports portion. We'll come back. And we will do a uh, commercial-free, bumper-free, if you will, wrestling portion, AEW and WWE. And we'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one final segment. Uh, plum forgot. Uh, spring training is going on right now. I've watched a bit of Boston and Atlanta. Um, you know... I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm not I'm not the world's biggest baseball fan, and, and it's just because the the length of games and it's 162 games and it's just it's just kind of a slosh to get through. But we will cover baseball uh, throughout throughout the season. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was actually good to see baseball uh, back. So, uh, there is that. All right, moving on to wrestling. Watch AEW's Revolution. That was really, honestly, a good, good uh, card. Now, uh, the dark match, Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD and Penelope Ford with Kip Sabian defeats Riho and Yuka Sakazaki uh, by uh, submission. So that will be on their YouTube channel uh, if you want to watch that. The pre show, the uh, buy in, if you will. Uh, the Dark Order of uh, Evo Uno and Stu Grayson with Alex Reynolds and John Silver defeating SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Gazarian and Scorpio Sky. So, 
those two matches. Now, uh, moving on, uh, Jake Hager defeating Dustin Rhodes by submission. That was sick. That was just a crazy match because Jake Hager made his AEW uh, debut. He's not Brock Lesnar. He's closer to Kurt Angle than he is to Brock Lesnar. Both have an MMA uh, background and an amateur wrestling background, but Jake Hager, he's more methodical. He actually does holds, okay? And he actually stretches you out. Brock Lesnar, three, three suplexes, maybe a couple of F5s. Okay, we're going home. I mean, that's about the duration of a Brock Lesnar match these days. And uh, that's what kind of scares me about WrestleMania coming up next month, uh, which is, can you have a great match between Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre when Brock's matches have been intentionally short? I, I, I I don't know. But anyways, getting back, so Jake Hager looks amazing. But how great is Dustin Rhodes? Oh my goodness gracious. How great is Dustin Rhodes? Uh, He's trimmed down. He's jacked. Oh my goodness gracious. He is jacked. And... Let me uh, pull this up really quick. Dustin Rhodes, if you need him, age 50. Okay, think about that. He is a 50-year-old, and he's jacked like that. Oh, my gosh. And you want to talk about, you know, an informal contest for the tightest power slam in the business. And, And tightest meaning just getting so low to the ground with that snap. Uh, power slam is between Dustin and Randy Orton. It's just it's just incredible to see how low they can go to to pull off that power slam. It, it's just it's 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 a thing of beauty. It's just gorgeous uh, to watch. But like I said, um, Jake won the match. It was a really good match uh, to start out with. So then the uh, next match of uh, the night was Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, it was a short match. It was only five minutes. But, I mean, they went They went all over the ring. They 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 went everywhere. They were crashing through tables. They used skateboards. I mean, it was it was a brutal match. And uh, Sammy Guevara, good lord! If you if you haven't seen him, you, you go watch a match of his. It's going to 
blow your freaking mind. I mean, uh, there was one uh, uh, move. It was the 630 uh, Sensei. So basically, he flips over. And then, you know, he he lands on his back uh, to, you know, his, his opponent. And it was just, it was one of the most beautiful moves that I've ever seen. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it was just gorgeous. But, like I said, Darby Allen hung in there, hung in there, hung in there, wins uh, the match. Next up, and I tease this in the opening, this was a match of the year candidate. It was Kenny Omega and Adam Page defeating the Young Bucks. Uh, it went uh, just a hair over 30 minutes. And, you know, I, I get a little annoyed. Not not terribly, but I, I get a little annoyed when fans chant, Fight forever. Fight forever. And I'm thinking, no, you don't. You don't fight forever. It's just... I get the idea, but... Whatever. But, oh my goodness gracious, that was... I didn't want that match to end. I Yeah, you had the other matches to go on, but I didn't want that match to end. The animosity... <clears throat> between especially uh Matt Jackson and Hangman Page I I mean that was palpable. I mean they I mean Matt Jackson was just pummeling the guy and he had to have both Nick and uh Kenny Omega pretty much try to calm him down. It got that. It got that heated. It, it it was heated all the way through. You you could tell there was frustration on both ends. Uh, the young bucks. I don't know because I haven't really paid as close attention as, as I probably should. But they were actually getting booze. I mean, they were getting booed out of their shorts, and I'm thinking. Are they heels? Are they? Did they turn heel? Are they heel-ish? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but that was interesting. Then came and Kenny Omega and the Bucks hugged it out, and you know, and good job and good match and all that. Adam Page was on the other side of the ropes. And he's kind of distancing, distancing himself, I should say, uh, from the elite. It's been going on for quite some time now. And he actually, uh, Adam Page, actually thought about hitting the buckshot lariat to Kenny Omega. But he thought better of it. He didn't do it. Here's the deal. Uh, that, that, that faction, that, that, that faction is going to split, and it's going to be pretty ugly when it does split. Right, so, um, next up 
is uh, Nyla Rose uh, defeating Chris Statlander uh, for the uh, to uh, retain the AEW's Women's World Championship. Look, this is this is all building up to Nyla Rose versus Awesome Kong. It's it's just going to be those two uh, behemoths just going at each other. Um, I am impressed by Nyla Rose. I know people have knocked her for any number of reasons, and you can look online. I'm not going to dignify any of those responses with a response because, again, you can see the criticisms of Nyla online. But she is coming into her own. And, and, yeah, Nyla works snug. That's that's just her style, you know. Um, that's just her style. Um, so there's there's that match. Um, next up was uh, MJF with Wardlow defeating Cody with Arn Anderson and Brandy Rhodes. This was one heck of a match. I mean, it was back and forth. There was blood. Uh, MJF wins by pulling out the ring that he has, clocking Cody, and and getting getting the win. Um, is this in their feud? Probably not. The other thing that I thought was kind of interesting about uh, Cody. Rhodes was he came out and you know his American Nightmare uh, logo he had on his neck. Now I I initially thought most people thought that okay well it's just paint it's gonna come off you know he he's just trying to you know brand himself and you know it's all about branding and you know all that. No, that was a straight up tattoo. Straight up, and uh, on Bleacher Report, uh, they they asked Brandy Rhodes. They said, "What the heck?" And she said, "I don't like it, but I can't tell him what to do. He's his own person. I'm my own person, and I'm just not going to tell him to to not do it." And I'm like, "Okay, so." It just, it it looks, I love the logo, okay? It's it's kind of a cross between the Heart Foundation's skull, you know, with the wings and, and all that, and the American flag behind it. So it's a very cool logo. It's very cool. But to put it on your neck, it just, um, my Cody, I can... See, when he got his first tattoo, when he got his first ink, it was on his left uh, peck and it just said dream. And that was paying homage to his dad, Dusty Rhodes. So that made sense in context. But to put your logo on your neck... 
I'm thinking, hey, you're going to regret that. Maybe not now, but 10 years from now, 5 years from now, 20 years from now, you're going to regret to have that tattoo on you. I could be wrong, but I'm just like, oh my goodness, are you freaking kidding? <laughs> it just, it looked, it looked bad. It, 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 just, it just looked really bad. Uh, right. Uh, Pack uh, defeating Orange Cassidy with Chuck Taylor and Trent by submission. It was actually a really good uh, match. Orange Cassidy, if you watch him, he, he looks like he's not really even trying out there. But that's that's a facade. He he can go in the ring. I mean, he can go. And um just absolutely amazing what Orange Cassidy can do uh in in the ring. Um but Pack finally uh won it's essentially the rings of Saturn, so you you grab you know, you you lock uh, your arms around the other person's arms. It's very painful. It looks very painful. Orange Cassidy had to uh, had to uh, submit to that. Uh, finally, John Moxley defeating Chris Jericho uh, with Santana and Ortiz. Uh, this was a really good match. It was it was a street fight. It was all over the place. It was all over the place, but here, here, here lies the, the um. Here, here lies the. Here lies the uh, the problem. And uh, the problem. Is you've got. John Moxley that said, you know what. I was being stifled creatively. They pegged me as this uh, just wild maniac, you know, uh, unhinged. And I just, I felt like none of my ideas could ever get through. What happens when he goes to AEW? He's unhinged. I mean, John, I'm not trying to call you out here. I <laughs> know you probably don't even listen to this darn podcast but John dude <laughs> I mean is is this just the difference of like I want to be the maniac as opposed to they want me to be the maniac I, I, I where where where's the distinction I, I it's 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 Dean Ambrose turned up to 11 <laughs> as they uh, say it's just turned all the way up and I'm like yeah, that's it mm, just looks bad right um, but you know hey um, Joe Oxley wins he takes off the eye patch showing that he was just faking the whole time he was faking the injury and I, I kind of, I kind of knew that that was like, you know, what was up. 
Um, if you didn't see it, Chris Jericho looked like he took one of his spikes from his coat and he jammed it into uh, John Moxley's eye, his uh, right eye, um, or me, his left eye. Um, yeah, my, yeah. And, well, no, my my left is right. It's confusing. <laughs> One of his eyes. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, in all seriousness, um, and, I mean, it looked nasty and whatever, but, you know, they, they showed the replay of it before the match, and I'm like, yeah, he he didn't even, it, it just, he, 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 he didn't, yeah, it just looked like he, 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 he did that. Uh, did uh, Jericho? But yeah, that was that was not uh, the case. Now, why Chris Jericho lose? Very simple. Uh, it's because Fozzie is going back out on tour, uh, coming up in April. So he had to drop the title. Uh, it's just how that goes. Right. Very quickly is. The Elimination Chamber coming up this weekend. Uh, you got six matches. Uh, you got uh, Natty, Nightheart Wilson versus Liv Morgan versus Shane Baszler versus Asuka versus Ruby Riot versus Sarah Logan in the Elimination Chamber uh, for the uh, Raw Women's Championship match at uh, WrestleMania 36. Shane Baszler. It is, it's an already made storyline between her and uh, Becky Lynch so I mean come on that's just that's just how that goes um, so I, I, I think Shane Baszler is, is, is going to win uh, Braun Strowman the Intercontinental Champion uh, going up against Shinsuke Nakamura Cesaro and Sami Zayn uh, in a handicap match, look, I didn't see Braun win the Intercontinental Championship, but I, WWE would be silly to to have uh, Braun lose uh, already. Next up, <clears throat> the Elimination uh, Chamber is going to be used for the SmackDown. Tag Team Championships, you've got uh, Miz and Morrison, the new champions, versus The New Day. Big E and Kofi Kingston versus The Usos. Jimmy and Jay versus Heavy Machinery. Otis and Tucker versus Lucha House Party. Uh, Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalik versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Rude. Hey, it's Ms. Morrison. I can't see them uh, dropping the titles after they've just won the titles, uh, what, about a week ago in Saudi Arabia. And while we're on Saudi Arabia, and I, I, I may have mentioned this last week, and this goes along with the coronavirus and all that, it was just really jarring to see, uh, again, you know, the hard camera, the, the far side uh, crowd. And a lot of them had masks on. It was just, it was 
just jarring. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like a thing. Oh my gosh. So, uh, there was that. But, yeah, Miz and Morrison, yeah, uh, they're they're, they're going to win uh, that match. Uh, the uh, Street Profits. The brand new Raw Tag Team Champions going up against Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Um, yeah, no, Street Profits. Again, they just won on Monday. So, why would you take the tails off only six days later, five days later? I, it's, but blows my mind. I just... No, less than a week later. No, that's that's just silly. Uh, this is gonna be a heck of a match. Alistair Black versus AJ Styles. Oh my gosh! Another match of the year candidate coming up. <laughs> AJ is good. He is really good, and it's no disqualification. Uh, so. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. And, and then finally, Andrade, the uh, United States champion going up against Humberto Carrillo. They don't really have chemistry. They're trying to get people to be involved with the match. It's just not happening. Right, so that is this week's show. Thank you very much for being here. If you want to listen... To me, you can go to any, and I mean any, place that you can find podcasts. Just type in the Russell Wortham Show. I'll spell it out for you. Uh, the, so, T-H-E, uh, Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L, Wortham, W-O-R-T-H-A-M, the Russell Wortham Show. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts. Give me a listen if uh, you're on... If you're on Apple, um, you can uh, leave me a review, some comments, all that. So, that's that. Right. Well, that is the show uh, for uh, this week. I'll be back next Friday. And, just like I say every single week, just like the Beatles saying all those many years ago, love is all you need. I will see you guys next week week.